Welcome to Tech Talk Online, sponsored by Stratford University. You can listen to Tech Talk Live Saturday mornings from 9 till 10. Find us online at federalnewsnetwork.com or hear us on the radio in the Washington, D.C. area on the following frequencies. 1500 AM, 1035 FM HD 2, and 1039 FM HD 2. We thank you for listening to Tech Talk Radio. Interfacing complete. Please stand by. Now downloading Tech Talk Radio with Dr. Richard Schertz and Jim Russ. Tech Talk Radio, it's technology you can understand. And now here are Dr. Richard Schertz and Jim Russ. Welcome to Tech Talk Radio. We are in the virtual faculty lounge at Stratford University talking technology. I'm Dr. Richard Schertz. And I'm Jim Russ. Coming up on today's show, we will have part two of Dr. Schertz's discussion of Cutting the Cord, the final installment of that series. And we will talk about in Profiles in IT, Bradford Parkinson, who is one of the fathers of GPS, Global Positioning System. And of course, it was a huge, huge mailbag. There's a letter in your mail. Box. I'm glad he showed up this morning. Oh yeah, he's he's right on time here. Let me get all the got so many letters yeah, here. A lot. I got to get the everything. The mailbag is overflowing. The mailbag is overflowing. Let me getting. It's hard to get on this on the uh, counter here because it's so heavy. We got an email from Jim in the studio. Oh hey hi. Wow hi Doc. I'd like to recover some of my long lost iTunes songs. From my long-lost iTunes account. It's been a while, as in years, since I've accessed it. I've reached the maximum number of devices on the account. None of those devices exist anymore. But I can't add another advice because I've used all the devices. What can I do? Please help me recover my ABBA, my Bee Gees, and my Spirogyra? you never heard of Spirogyra? No, I've never heard of Spirogyra. Well, you will now. Okay, let's hear it. Yeah, we're, we're that are now it. lost or either gone forever. Here we go. Here's Spyro Gyra. I don't know how you could live without it, Jim. <laughs> that is like, I don't know how you could I could drive without that. I, I Drive into a bridge it, button, that's maybe. That's yeah. right. That is really something. Yeah. So anyway, so what do I do? Well, this is the thing. You need to deauthor. Well, first of all, you have to actually log back into the iTunes account. So you need to have it at least on one device, which is a problem. Uh, that's the problem. I don't have it on anything. Now. You don't have it on. You don't have it on anything, because what you have to do is, so what you can do, uh, because you actually have to log into your iTunes account, and then you go to My Apple ID. Under the iTunes Store, okay, and then you go to Manage Devices. Okay. So what what you're going to have to do since you've maxed out, you have to do that from within the iTunes account. Have you changed your Apple ID since you had that iTunes account? No, I but I, I go into it all the time because I have other subscriptions like MLB Baseball and stuff like that, so I can. So you've got the store. I do have the store. Wait a minute, we have some Herb Albert. Okay. We, he's missing too. All right. So here's the Sorry. thing. You can go into the store, the iTunes store, mm-hmm. because you've because you've you, you've got you've got it on something uh, like on an iPad or something. Yeah, I don't do. You? Oh, it's on my phone. It's on your phone. So then you go to the iTunes store and view my Apple ID and then manage devices. Okay. And then you'll see a list of the devices and just. De- deauthorize the ones that, that you have, and then you're set. And then I can go back because on my, I have one of the very first generation iPods, those yep. little tiny thingies, yep. and I'd like to use that again if it's if the battery still so you works. Can, so you, you so you can activate that now. Right now, but it, then but so I have I have iTunes that I've purchased since, you know. Uh, that are on the phone, but there's yeah. stuff that goes back in perpetuity that I'd like to get back. Yeah, and that's how I wind up doing it. Yeah, that's how, that's okay. how you would do it. Okay. And uh, but I'm wondering whether you actually have a new iTunes account. That's a good and, question. And your old one is there. Yeah, well, Chuck Mangione's waiting. So, oh yeah. <laughs> yes, he's there. I, I I can see you. You went back to old memory lane. I know. Actually, what I would do because you you do run the risk if you if you. Um, Start monkeying around with that. It might just delete everything from the old iTunes. That would account. be bad. So I think I would call the Apple support. That's group. what I was thinking about doing before I really messed I, it up. I would call the Apple support people because they can log into your account if you mm-hmm. once you verify that you are who you are, mm-hmm. and they can delete those 
those songs. And they can also merge the two iTunes accounts for you. Oh, good. Uh, good. So this you is know? not money that's been lost. No, no. Uh, because music. this is a More. problem that Apple has. If people lose all their purchased songs because of device failures, Apple's whole iTunes business model goes away. So they are set up to help you recover. Oh, that's great. Do we have time for – and that's the answer, right? Yes, yes. Do we have time for sidebar? Yes, we do. Okay, Andrew Mitchell has a Spyro Gyro story. Yeah, yes. because you're putting down my homeboys. They're from Buffalo, New York, as Whoa. I am. And so in 1979, when they had that hit, we were just hearing Morning Dance. Uh-huh. You know, I went to go see him in concert, and at that time it was still the a pretty small hit. venue, like a couple hundred seats uh-huh. in Buffalo, New York, so like a bigger bar. And I'm sitting at a table like within uh, – I'm right up front, uh-huh. and the, the drummer – was banging so hard on the drums, he actually cracked. He snapped his drumstick, and he <laughs> threw the bigger part out into the crowd, and I caught it. Wow. And I still have that to this day. The Spyro Gyro drumstick. <laughs> wow, that is. Andrew, that's, that's quite a story. Be, that's going to be worth millions. <laughs> yes, it I would is. get it framed. I think but, you should bring it in sometime. <laughs> so where did the name Spyro Gyro come from? Oh, you, you yeah, know the well, answer to that, yeah, right? So, yeah, right. So, you know, they were high school-educated kids, so mm-hmm. they knew about algae. And but the bar owner didn't. They didn't have a name, so they're performing at a bar, and the bar guy says, "You know, well, what's your band's name?" So he just says Spyro Gyra, and the guy did not know how to spell it. So usually it's S P I R O G R G Y R A. So one word, Spyro Gyra, and he wrote S P Y R O second word G Y R A, and that is the official way to spell Spyro Gyra, the group. And if you Google the other way, you won't get any mention of the group at all. Very good. You know. All well, the things you Jim, learn on the show. Jim, you're going to have to get Spyro Gyro back because now we know the whole story. I will be so happy. Now now I can get it back. Thank you, Doc, very okay. much, as always. Andrew, thank you. Thank you. Okay, listen, I've got a sidebar, too. Okay. This, Friday the 13th was really <laughs> oh, a no. bad day for me. <laughs> I, been, I, and I knew this when I, my phone rang last night at I, 10 o'clock with a, I, a number I, I don't know. I realized how dependent I am on electronics. So uh-huh. I was out I was out on the jet ski out at uh, what they call TP Beach, right on Chesapeake Bay near Indian Creek. Okay, this is down in the Northern Neck. Down right? in Northern Neck, and I I was out there, and uh, you know I you know I docked the I, you know I I anchored the boat in what I thought was deep enough water, but unfortunately the tide was going out. So when I came back to the jet ski, you know, it was grounded. And a jet ski weighs about 800 pounds. So, you know, I can't just lift it up and carry it out. Mm -hmm. So I pushed and pushed and pushed. You know, there were two of us. We pushed it out. And and then I started the engine too fast, and I sucked in a bunch of sand. And I I took – I had to go back about – Four or five, and I could only go five knots because if I go, if I'd go faster than that, the uh, the propeller would uh, the, the the impeller the turbine would yeah. uh, would would cavitate. So I just hold it at which four, means the, the the vessel it would it, 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 it wouldn't it, go any faster. Mm-hmm. So I, I held and it, it vibrates violently. Yeah. yeah. So I held it at, at four thousand RPM. It just went back at five miles an hour. And then I decided later in the evening to go out and work on it. So I went out to work on the jet ski. And my cell phone fell in the water. And so that was the second big event on the Friday oh, the 13th. That's not good. Well, you know what? When you said that you dropped it in the water last yeah. night, I thought you were saying in the water closet, possibly. Yeah, in the water. No, <laughs> no. No, but it was in the Chesapeake No, it's, it's nice, uh, nice salt water. So, and it's just it's toast. So uh, I, I realized how dependent I am because I used it for navigation. I had yeah. no music in the car. And this morning, I had to stand in line at Starbucks because I couldn't order on the mobile app. And I just had to pay like a regular person. Oh, my God. It was just humiliating. That's awful. I'm so sorry that you had to go through that. And then I have, you know, I do research on TikTok. I've got Flipboard, which actually I put in all the keywords, and it surfs the web and gets all the articles that I need for Tech Talk, so I couldn't even look at Flipboard. So how did you fi- how did you do the show? How did you get everything together? Well, I, last night I drove home. Uh, I left at midnight, got home at 2.30, and then I got up at 3 o'clock and did the show. You called me from the Northern Neck last night? Yeah. Oh, my God. I was at Northern Neck last night. I left Northern Neck at... Uh, at, well, I didn't want to cut short the weekend, so then, <laughs> or the week, so I, so I left last night at midnight... I got home at 2.30, I took a 30-minute rest, and I got up and did the show at 3 o'clock. So you're working on 30 minutes sleep. That's right. I'm working on 30 minutes sleep. But I, and I, Starbucks, which and, you paid and, for. And I'm going to report how well yeah. I got Apple Care when I got my uh, iPhone. When I bought it at the uh, Apple store, I have Apple Care. I'm going to see whether 
I can get the whole cell phone replaced, even though I dropped it in the water. I'm sure we'll get a full report next week. I'm going to talk about that, yeah, next week. There's going to be a big report next year on Apple Care. We got an email from Alex in Fairfax. Dear Doc and Jim, what is an RTF file, and how do I open it? Someone at work gave me an RTF file, and I'm at a loss as to what to do with it, Alex. Well, the RTF, it's it's the extension on the file. It's a document file, .rtf, and that stands for rich text format. And normally, text files are just, you know, text. But if you've got a rich text format, it has extra information about fonts, formatting, images, and more. So it's a, it's a formatted file, just like Microsoft Word. They're great for cross-platform sharing because a lot of the um, Word applications support rich text format. So... You could you could create a document in Microsoft Word, and you could save it as a rich text format, and then you could transfer it to another word processor like LibreOffice or OpenOffice or AbiWord, and they all read RTF. Now, the RTF was created by the Microsoft Word team back in the 1980s, and they wanted to create a universal format that could go between all the word processors. You know, that's when we had, you know... All these different, like, word perfect and all these different, and they were all fighting over which format was right. So they wanted a, a word processing neutral format that could go back in between them. Now, Microsoft stopped supporting this, uh, this RTF format back in 2008, but nearly everything else supports it. So really, if you've got any kind of word application or, or word processing application on your computer, you just click on it, and it will open the RTF file. You'll have no trouble at all. We got an email from Jeannie in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. Dear Doc and Jim, I have DirecTV without either internet or phone. She's just getting the straight, the straight entertainment package, mm-hmm. apparently. Um, but I'm paying more than $160 a month. My subscription includes HBO and some other movie channels. I've had DirecTV for over 20 years, and it just keeps going up and up. And up. Now I got the, a, Verizon, a Verizon FiOS box installed in my basement, but I'm, I've never used Verizon as a service. I need to get a better deal. What are my options? I'm not really that tech savvy, but I know I could do better. Jeannie in Pittsburgh. Well, first of all, Jeannie, you need to get the internet and the programming bundle. Not to have internet in the house is a sin because. You know, you really need Internet for, you know, a lot of things like over-the-top content like Netflix or Amazon Prime. Now, you could consider getting DirecTV for Internet. And then, and and I think if you look at that, you can get Internet from DirecTV for about $60 a month. Um, but they may, but since you've been with them 20 years, they might tell you you can't really get it cheaper. That's the game they play. And then if you get direct, and then you could add DirecTV now for thirty-five dollars a month. You could add, you could add HBO to your DirecTV now for only five dollars a month. Now here's the ace in the hole, Genie. You've got Verizon FiOS in the basement. Uh, Verizon FiOS has a great introductory offer, just like DirecTV now does. So what I would do, I'd tell DirecTV now you're switching to Verizon, and give them a, give them an end date. And then go to Verizon and work and get their new customer deal, which is good for about two years. And uh, and then if DirecTV lets you go after two years, you come back to DirecTV as a new customer. And every two years you switch back and forth, and you'll always get the the the, the new customer rate. But I believe that once you tell DirecTV now, DirecTV that you're going to switch to Verizon, they're going to transfer you to the recovery specialist. And that recovery specialist is going to be authorized to give you the new customer rate. So I think you can do much better than that. But I'd highly recommend that you get Internet as part of the package because they're already giving you connectivity. So adding Internet is just like getting another channel. So you really should be able to get that quite well. Good luck with negotiating with DirecTV and Verizon. You see, you're the perfect customer that DirecTV has. You've been with them 20 years. They think you'll never quit. So they so they have no incentive to give you a good deal. You got to make your threat to quit believable. We got an email from Betty in Oakton. Dear Tech Talk, I avoid FaceTime, Facebook. There are too many problems with it. It's just not my thing. Can somebody can somebody create a Facebook account using my name without my permission? How do I check for any? What unique identifier does Facebook use? An email address? 
If I found a Facebook page impersonating me, what could I do about it? Enjoy the podcast, Betty in Oakton. Well, Betty, a Facebook account is no different than any other online account. Your unique identifier, as you call it, is probably your email address. And indeed, you're required to set up and you're required to set a password up on the account using your email address. Then when you log into Facebook account, use your email and password. When you associate an email account with Facebook, you must verify you actually own the email address. So if somebody can't use your email address, they'll send you an email to your email address. And then you have to validate the link to say, yeah, I own that email address. So people cannot really use your email address for a bogus account. They would have to use a different email address, not your personal email address. But it's easy to set up imposter accounts. I mean, people probably know a lot of stuff about you just, just by surfing the web. So somebody could set up a fake Facebook account. They probably There might be some pictures online of you. They could, put the, they could set a whole big fake Facebook account at impersonating Betty. Now they couldn't use your email address, so they'd have they would set up another email address, which maybe it would be on Gmail or Yahoo, and they might use Betty at Yahoo. And you know it's not uh, it's not your account, but it's it's one that they've created. And uh, now if you so you can search for your name on Facebook to see if anybody's impersonating you, and if they are impersonating you. You can contact Facebook, and they have a link called Report an Imposter Account Page. And, um, you know, they may do something if the Facebook page is doing anything libelous concerning you. They may do something. Now, if they do something that's really bad in terms of defaming you or lying about you, then it crosses over to illegal activity. You may be able to contact law enforcement. But I can tell you law enforcement really puts Facebook impersonation as a low priority. You're not going to get much out of them. You, you probably get more out of the Facebook page. So uh, it's not really a big issue, but it could be an issue, and so you can check for it. We got an email from John in Kansas. Dear Tech Talk, my Windows 10 computer installed the latest updates. Now it's stuck on this page. Do not turn off during Windows updates. I've waited a day. And it's still stuck on that page. Now, I need to use my computer. Can I turn it off? What damage will it do, John in Kansas? You know, sometimes people do get stuck on that page. Yeah. It happens. Well, uh, the the page that you're saying, let's say that the, the page that says getting Windows ready, do not turn off your computer, appears while Windows is installing updates. Windows will normally finish the installation process if you give it time. But if it's been there for hours, you may need to restart your machine. Now, the update process will, um, they, they say that, now what happens is that if you restart your machine, it what doesn't ruin your operating system, but the update process will fail. Um, and, uh, and then you'll just have to reinstall the update. So if you turn off your computer when it's just, you know, it's only like 28 or 30% installed, not, not fully installed, probably they haven't actually replaced the, op the whole operating system yet. So if you turn off that, you may be able to just reboot, and it will come up immediately, and it will say, update failed, you want to try it again. And, and the operating system will just come up without a problem. Now, if the install has gone further than that, maybe at a 40 or 50% range, then actually portions of the operating system may have been replaced. In that case... When you restart the machine, it will come up, and it will give you a sign that says restoring your operating system from a previous version. And then it will reboot, and then it will come up. So in either case, you're going to be okay. So uh, you can turn off the machine, but if, if you see that do not restart screen for more than a couple of hours, I just recommend restarting it, and all will not be lost. We got an email from Ralph in Reston. Dear Tech Talk, I've been adding features to my high-performance gaming PC at home. Now, sometimes I have trouble installing the correct Windows 10 drivers for these devices. What do you recommend, Ralph and Reston? Well, Ralph, all your computer hardware from the motherboard to the webcam need drivers to perform properly. Now, what a driver is, it's a software program, and the hardware has hardware-level commands that are specific to that particular piece of hardware that are used to manip manipulate the hardware. And then that software driver translates the hardware command 
into commands that Windows likes to use. So Windows uses generic commands to control the hardware, and it doesn't want to know every little special hardware command for every little device. So what happens is that whenever a, a manufacturer creates a new piece of hardware, they write a software program that translates their hardware commands into the hardware commands that the Windows operating system wants, and that translation program is called the driver. Now, it turned, and now you really do want to have the latest drivers for things like graphics cards, say NVIDIA graphics cards or AMD chips or Intel graphics if you're playing games. And, and what happens is that the manufacturers will submit their, their uh, updated drivers to, to Microsoft, and then Microsoft will verify them, and then they'll put them on the web. So the, 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 the drivers that Microsoft downloads could be, could be you know, a month, a month out of date or two months out of date because they verify them before they put them up. But if, if Microsoft delivers them, you know they're good. So I'd go ahead and get your drivers from Microsoft. If there's an issue with any of your devices, go directly to the manufacturer and download the driver for your specific device. Now, there are websites out there that, that, that say we will give you, uh, you know, device drivers. Those are scammy devices, and you may end up, you know, installing malware in your device. Don't go to any of those scammy device downloader um websites go directly to nvidia or amd or intel to download the drivers and then you'll be just fine listen we love your emails email us at techtalk at stratford.edu and we'll get back to you as soon as we can it's saturday morning and you're listening to tech talk radio heard on federal news radio part of the federal news network 1500 a.m 1035 fm hd2 and 1039 fm hd2 on the web at stratford.edu If it's technology, it's Tech Talk Radio. IT trends, software, the Internet, and IT careers. More of Tech Talk Radio, presented by Stratford University, coming up in a moment. In the next three years, there will be 3.5 million unfilled cybersecurity jobs. How can you make that work for you? Stratford University offers everything you need to succeed, from certifications to bachelor's and even master's degrees in cybersecurity to prepare you for a rewarding career in today's most lucrative and sought-after field, cybersecurity. Stratford has experienced IT faculty, well-equipped labs, and real-life scenarios to help you achieve practical solutions to today's newest challenges. And Stratford makes a cybersecurity career reality with Accelerated classes, year-round program starts, and both on-campus and online options to fit your busy schedule. All disciplines are offered, including digital forensics, networking and telecommunications, and our full line of degrees, including a master's in cybersecurity. Find the future of you with a future in cybersecurity. Learn more about Stratford's up to $15,000 IT scholarship competition. Application deadline is September 30th for those who qualify. Register today at stratford.edu slash cybersecurity. That's stratford.edu slash cybersecurity. If it's technology, it's Tech Talk Radio. IT trends, software, the Internet, and IT careers. Here's Dr. Richard Schertz of Stratford University with Tech Talk Radio. Welcome back to Tech Talk Radio. We're in the virtual faculty lounge of Stratford University talking technology. And now it is time for... Yes, today we're going to feature Bradford Parkinson. Bradford Parkinson is a U.S. Air Force colonel best known as one of the fathers of the global positioning system, along with Roger Easton and Ivan Getting. Bradford Parkinson was born in Madison, Wisconsin, February 6, 1935. He attended Breck School. That was an all-boys prep school, and he graduated in 1957. He then attended the Naval Academy, graduating in 19. 19- no, graduated in 1952 from the prep school. Then he went to the Naval Academy and graduated in 1957 with a bachelor's in engineering. Parkinson discovered that he had a deep interest in controls and engineering uh, while he was at the Naval Academy. Now, unfortunately, that was not a research focus at the Navy at the time. Huh. It turned out that one of his instructors was an Air Force officer at the Naval Academy. And the Air Force officers, well, you know, son... <laughs> if you're really interested in control engineering, why don't you just switch to the Air Force? 
So his instructor at the Naval Academy recruited him for the Air Force. Uh, so after he graduated, uh, after he graduated from the Naval Academy, he had he had a certain obligation. So he served two years as Chief Communication Electronic Officers in an early warning station in Southeast Asia. Uh, then, uh, well, actually, he was in the Air Force then. Yeah, he, he joined the Air Force and sent him to Southeast Asia uh, in an early warning station job. And then uh, the, the thing that the Air Force does, they, they send their, their officers to graduate school. So they sent him to MIT, and he studied control engineering, inertial guidance, and electrical engineering. He got a Master's of Science in Aeronautics in 1961. Then they assigned him to work in the Central Inertial Guidance Test Facility at Holloman Air Force Base in New Mexico. Now, he continued to study inertial guidance and electrical control systems, gaining a deep understanding of both the theory and the application in the battlefield. After three years, Parkinson was assigned to the Ph.D. program at Stanford, where he just topped off his research in control systems. Then they said, uh, son... We want you to really test how these control systems work in the battlefield. So they sent him to Vietnam in 1961, 1969, after he finished his Ph.D. His assignment was to improve the AC-130 Spectre gunship and to understand how technology performed in the battlefield. He logged more than 170 hours of combat missions. Wow. I mean, he's checking out these control systems real time. In 1973... After he uh, after he uh, came back from Vietnam, he was assigned to the, an Air Force program called Project 621B. Now, this program was navigation-focused. It was a collaboration between the Aerospace Corporation and the Air Force. This was sort of the, the seed corn for the global positioning system. Uh, now, this program was in the early stages of theoretical development. Nothing had been done in hardware yet. And at that time, the Pentagon was highly skeptical that a satellite-based navigation system could work. They believed that the accuracy would always be too poor to be of substantial value. There were a lot of problems to be solved, and the, and the Pentagon and the Air Force just thought this was just a crazy idea. <laughs> but he was convinced. He actually ultimately became the de facto manager of the program, and he became the evangelist for the program. So he started going to the Pentagon, briefing them, selling them, getting them to believe. He went to Congress because, you know, Congress likes to micromanage all yeah. of our big, you know, systems acquisition. He started briefing Congress, got them to believe. And because of his salesmanship in his, and he was almost an evangelist selling GPS, he managed to secure a funding stream for this program. In 1978, they had the first working prototype of the GPS system, and it was a successful launch. He, backed, he basically nurtured it, got the funding on, got it to the point that it actually was successfully launched, and then it was transferred to a larger Navstar program. Now, when it went to the big Navstar program, uh, you know, Parkinson was going to have to go back to the Pentagon and be some administrator. And, and Actually, he's a tech guy. He's a techie. Mm -hmm. He said, the heck with this administrative stuff back at the Pentagon. I've done what I want to do. I <laughs> launched the GPS. I, I proved the principle. I got it funded, and I got it transferred to Navstar. I'm out of here. He retired from the Air Force because he didn't want to do that administrative stuff. He spent a year teaching mechanical engineering at Colorado State University. Then he became VP of Space Systems Group at Rockwell, where he was involved with developing the space shuttle. Later, Parkinson joined Intermetrics as VP and helped take them public in 1982. In 84, he accepted a research position at Stanford. This is the, That's actually what he loved to do. He, he, he actually was a, a research guy, a techie guy. He didn't like all this administrative stuff, but he was an evangelist to get the funding for GPS. He's, um, he's on the board of many, many organizations, Trimble Navigation, EMS Technology, Navigation Tech Ventures. And now uh, that GPS has been sold and it's been deployed. It's become ubiquitous. It's everywhere. It's all of our military uh, systems use GPS. It's in every cell phone. We, we use it for navigation. Yep. It's just it's everywhere. everywhere. So it was very successful. So he was... One of the fathers, and you know, because he, he sort of nursed it through a critical stage when there was skepticism at the Pentagon. He's an avid skier, an avid snowshoer, and hiker, and sailor. 
And he uses GPS navigation when he sails. Who would have to? That's good. So there you go. All you want to know about Bradford Parkinson, one of the fathers of the global positioning system. Hope you're paying attention because your knowledge can yield you free lunch at one of the Stratford dining rooms in the Washington area. We're going to play the pop quiz coming up. It's Saturday morning. This is Tech Talk Radio, heard on Federal News Radio, 1500 AM, 1035 FM HD 2, 1039 FM HD 2. You can watch us do the show by downloading the Periscope app to your device and following us at WFED Tech Talk. If it's technology, it's Tech Talk Radio. IT trends, software, the Internet, and IT careers. More of Tech Talk Radio, presented by Stratford University, coming up in a moment. In the next three years, there will be 3.5 million unfilled cybersecurity jobs. How can you make that work for you? Stratford University offers everything you need to succeed, from certifications to bachelor's and even master's degrees in cybersecurity to prepare you for a rewarding career in today's most lucrative and sought-after field, cybersecurity. Stratford has experienced IT faculty, well-equipped labs, and real-life scenarios to help you achieve practical solutions to today's newest challenges. And Stratford makes a cybersecurity career reality with excellent accelerated classes, year-round program starts, and both on-campus and online options to fit your busy schedule. All disciplines are offered, including digital forensics, networking and telecommunications, and our full line of degrees, including a master's in cybersecurity. Find the future of you with a future in cybersecurity. Learn more about Stratford's up to $15,000 IT scholarship competition. Application deadline is September 30th for those who qualify. Register today at stratford.edu slash cybersecurity. That's stratford.edu slash cybersecurity. If it's technology, it's Tech Talk Radio. IT trends, software, the Internet, and IT careers. Here's Dr. Richard Schertz of Stratford University with Tech Talk Radio. Live from Washington, it's the Stratford University Pop Quiz with Andrew Mitchell. The security guard at the front desk, featuring Mr. Big Voice, with musical guest, the Stratford University Junkyard Band, and your host, Jim Russ. Good morning and happy holidays. Thanks for tuning in and listening to Tech Talk Radio here on Federal News Radio. It is time to play the pop quiz, your chance to turn knowledge into free food. In Profiles at IT, we just finished talking about Bradford Parkinson, who is one of the fathers of GPS, also known as Global Positioning System. Colonel Parkinson was in the United States Air Force, but he also attended an institution in this area. Today's question, tell us the name of that institution. The first caller with the correct answer wins free tickets for two for fine dining at any of the Stratford dining rooms here in Washington. But here's the key. In order to win those tickets, you must pick up the phone and dial us now. If you're calling from west of the Rockies, it's 877-936-9333. Calling from east of Playa del Shirts, Virginia, it's 877-936-9333. If you're looking ahead to Boxing Day in Canada, call us on the wildcard line, 877-936-9333. And stuff this in your stocking, it's the international line, 877 333 or 1-800-YULE-LAW. We need to play the music first. Yes. Oh, yeah. I'll walk in. Hi, folks. This is David Burke. <laughs> there we go. And, and David is getting down over there. Yeah. Because he's a hip kind of guy. Well, you're on four, right? I don't think there your mic's go. on yet. I don't yeah. think it's on yet. Oh, now it's there on. Go. There Doc, we go. always good to see you. Oh, always yeah. Always good to see you. Uh, you've been like, shopping for clothes. Oh, yeah. I've got, I'm dressed up this morning. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you certainly are, sir. Uh, always keeping in the trends. Yeah. <laughs> It's fall and he's wearing shorts. It's Hilfiger. What do it you want? Listen, I'm wearing it's, shorts. It's, it's not very hard to be trendy in a radio station. Yeah, you're right about that, yeah. <laughs> it's a radio. Right. This is ra- No, it's not radio. It's a classroom of the airways. Yeah, uh, classroom That's of right. the airways, That's yes. Right. I took the, uh, what is it, the invisible stairway yes. up to the you galaxy. You took the space elevator. The yeah. space the elevator. Down, you came That's down right. on the space elevator. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Having a slow show, bring out the space <laughs> elevator. Uh, there you go. You know. It's always there because it'll never be developed. It's always in development. 
Okay, let me cut to the quick here because okay, I know you guys got a lot of stuff to get we, to. We have, yeah. a, we have tons and I'm stuff. double. I'm, I'm double. I'm double. And you're double parked, I'm, too. I'm double parked. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, the iPhone. What is the difference between now the new iPhone 5C? What is this? 5 what? The 5C and the 5S. The 5C okay. stands for cheap, right? <laughs> so, yeah, the cheap. Thank you. That's Very, what, that's yeah. what Do I, I get the tip in on that? It's cheap. So if but you can't afford but, an iPhone, that's what you're going to get, the but 5C. It's, but it's only $100 cheaper. It's not that much cheaper. Right. So and what, what aren't you getting with that one that you're getting with uh, that you're, you're not getting the 60. You, you do not get the uh, 64-bit operating system, and you get a plastic case. Right, a oh. plastic case. Oh. Well, but good. but people said the plastic case feels almost like enamel. I mean, it, they said it really feels huh. good. Enamel. It, okay. Like enamel? like 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 it, your teeth like or a it, bathtub. It 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 doesn't feel it doesn't feel like a cheap plastic. It got pretty good reviews. That's good. You That's like sure that? Good. That's right. But Thank so you. the idea is that they've they, they've actually forked the iPhone product line, and so people are thinking that the that the uh, 5C is probably going to drop in price to maybe 250 or $300 for China and for these other countries. For China? For, because How they, about us? Well, they, they want us to buy the 5S, the expensive one. Of course. They're doing the cheap one for the developing For the Chinese country, kids. For the Chinese kids uh, and also in India. And they've got excuse all me, the, don't, we, don't, don't they have all our debt? They do. Why do they need a cheap phone? Well, that's it. but only the oh, only the okay. government has government. our debt. You know, okay. like the, the workers, the workers don't right. have our money. Okay. Uh, one other quick question I asked you this off the air a while back, but somebody may be in the same spot I am. I went to, I went to the five, mm-hmm. but I have all these photos on my my phone that yeah. I don't have on the hard drive, and I, I can just that's t- right. Tell the folks so what, what you told me to do because I did exactly what you said not to do. So what you want to do is because you've already synced. Oh, he's getting serious. He's putting his he's, watch, so here's the thing. watch on. So what you've wow. done, you you're, you've already synced up your new phone to your iTunes account. You are correct. And it only allows you to sync up with one device. So right. if you yeah. plug up, if you plug your old phone back into the computer, mm-hmm. don't really sync it sync. to iTunes. Close iTunes. Close iTunes. And then go to my computer, my computer, and then go to an external hard drive. It'll look like an extra external hard drive because right. you've got this little uh, memory click, chip in click there. click that. Click on that and right. open it, and, right. there's, and there will be a subdirectory with all your pictures, and oh. just copy them right over. Okay. It's just like you're copying them right off of a hard drive. I mm-hmm. love that. So it's just it's very simple. Now the now the nice thing about I'm thinking of getting the five C. Oh really? The the, the the expensive one. So you can go over five five S. So you can use it over. Oh yeah, the five the five S. Yeah. Oh, okay. oh five it's five shirts. That's it's that's what it is. Yeah, that's right. That, wow, there's a reach. I'm getting that reach. <laughs> there's some, a reach. Some people think they were thinking that over and some yeah, people think know. it's really for, for five. We call S stands this? for Steve. Some people think it stands for Steve. Yeah, it's probably okay. a better. What better. does the C stand for? Do you know? Yeah, cheap. It's probably yeah, no, nice. really. You hit it around the head, cheap. <laughs> no, it says for China because that's where oh, it's made. Is that what the deal it's, is? It's where it's made. It's, well, they're all made in China. Uh, yeah, they are. So finally, China got their own name. Yeah, and then for the Pakistani version. That's out. right. Five P. So the thing ah, is, right. the the five C has a bigger battery, so you got a ten hour battery life, wow. which is what I want because you know nice. battery life is kind of an issue. It is a big issue. Then it's also got a sixty four bit processor, so it's extremely high speed processor. Nice. So it's got all kinds of special features mm. built into the camera. Like what it does, <clears throat> if you put it on a multi-shot mode, you know sometimes you like you move your camera a little right. bit? Sure. It will take f- three or four pictures and pick the best one wow. and just save it. Wow. And That's then what cool. it does, and then suppose that, so it, so, so the picture one, you moved it the least, but suppose in one of the pictures, that the one you saved, the person was moving their head so their right. face is a little bit out of focus because sure. they moved it. If their face is in focus in one of the other four, it will Paste it in. Hey, take that, Annie Leibovitz. And it will automatically. <laughs> Who needs an SLR? So, a big so it will automatically do this stuff. It also. Have you ever noticed when you take a picture, sometimes it's like a bright background, and you All have right. trouble getting this, yeah. getting the full dynamic range. Right. Now it actually will adjust and do processing to give you to spread the dynamic range of your pictures. Look at his face. And they, it's like a 12-year-old and at they, Christmas. And they, and, they, and, they, and they do all that because of the 64-bit processor. Very nicely done. And then finally what it has, oh, it's more. got a thumbprint. So it's yeah, fit, what's the thumbprint all about? You just, you just put your finger on, you just put your finger on the thing and it right. will unlock it. 
You don't well, can, need we, a, can we download that to put on our old? No, phone? because there's no there, there's there's no thumbprint the, the oh, sensor. Okay. There's no sensor. Oh, so okay. Okay. so there's sure. but 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 there there but there but there are issues with. So if somebody steals your phone, it's worthless. It's worthless. Right. Your to phone them. doesn't match unless they cut your thumb off and put it in a ziploc. That bag. doesn't work. Good thinking, David. <laughs> actually, way to give people ideas. Actually, it turned out yeah. that that. That Apple did it. A lot of spy it. books. Man. No, no. If, Give me your phone and your thumb. <laughs> Here's the deal. If somebody cuts off your thumb, yeah. it, it doesn't work. They actually they actually can detect that. They can detect a dead thumb? <laughs> Get out of here. That was actually one of the why? things. Why? You're kidding me. That was actually one of the things. You rejected. You, you what, they decompose the mafia when they built this phone? Wow, man. That's but here stuff. is... Here is the problem. Here we go. So room temperature. Here's the problem. Here, no, here is the problem. <laughs> oh, no, nice. I was going to cover this a little bit later in the show. There's a news item called sleep hacking. See, so now. Here we go. Okay. So here's the deal. So <laughs> now, so now you've got your phone all locked up. Yeah, right. Maybe you don't want your significant other to know all the stuff mm-hmm. on your phone. Yeah. And while you're asleep, your significant other can put your thumb on your thumb drive, on oh your my. on your thumb, and open up your phone. This shows. So drunk. this. This is a new term called sleep hacking. I hope Mrs. Bobbitt's not listening. <laughs> this is a sleep hack. So, thumb, David. Thumb. So now, oh, I'm sorry. Or else, or else you're, you know, you're, 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 or else you're at a fraternity party and you pass wow. out. So your buddy, yeah. so your buddies take your phone and they send a text off your and, phone. And they, and, they, and, they, and, they, and they and they make posts to your Facebook account. So wow. So it can't detect whether you're unconscious if, or sleeping. If it you can only, have, it can only detect if you're not alive. If you don't have thumbs, <laughs> could you use your big toe? Wow. You could use you could use anything. You see how high <laughs> here we go. You see how highbrow this show has gotten. And we have gone right into the, the what, gutter. Whatever, whatever you save. When, when, when oh, you're, you're kidding me! No, it, it doesn't have to be a finger. It's just that fingers have the most features. It has to be the same. It has to be the same appendage. item. Whatever you do. <laughs> Oh, boy. The look on David Byrne's face. <laughs> no, I'm not going there. I'm not going. I'm not, not going, going there. there. No. I'm not. I'm not going there either. No, we're not going there. Are but we, it, Jim, are we going there? No, so, uh, so no, the we're thing, not going there. So the thing is, it's however you set it up when right. you when you initially say whatever it, so, appendage you use, that's so, what you're going to have to right. use. That's so right. So remember so, your appendage. So now this yes. is the new word: sleep hacking. Sleep hacking. Sleep hacking. I was going to cover that later that's in the show, but it, but it just seemed to fit in. So this is this. That's this, crazy. If this somebody sh- took my hand while I was sleeping and put it on an iPhone, I think it might wake me up. I bet it wouldn't. I don't. Hey, you I don't mean, think I, so? Hey, remember the well, you, were you in the service? We used to <laughs> no. take guys' hands, put it in a bucket of water, and they, you know, kind of like you know, all point. over themselves. Yeah. I, you know, I, I, I think this sleep hacking could, training, could, sir. Could, could, could be a good talk, a good topic for the for the bird minute okay. that you have occasionally. Uh, yeah, the bird minute. Wow. Sleep <laughs> hacking. Bird sleep moment. hacking. Sleep hacking. You need to come upstairs. I need to talk to you. Yeah, okay. Sleep hacking. Yeah. <laughs> That's good. We'll stay away We've from the appendix something. thing. Yeah. So basically, we're going to stay away from that the five. The five C with its porcelain <laughs> veneer is That's, basically the same guts as the as the five, right? It's the China version. Well, no, no, it, it, does, it doesn't have the fast process. It doesn't have no, the 64-bit no. processor. No, no, no. That's why you can get so it. So what it is? So it's they, not thirty bucks. It's still five hundred dollars, isn't it? Yeah, it, it's it's uh, it's a hundred dollars cheaper. That's All it. Right. It's 20% cheaper. Well, can I just, just change the whole gears? Because I have to, okay. leave, but I, yeah, I have to okay. ask you this question as a normal person who listens to tech <laughs> yes. talk. Okay. Uh-huh. What the heck is it with Google Glasses? What is that? That's insane. What is this? I, I don't what know. are Google Glasses? Now, Doc, can you explain that without having a whole college dissertation? What, what, In the what space Google- elevator? What a Google! Why do I care? Here's the thing with Google Glass. I think I think there would be other implementations that work, that, that work better. No, it is it is having contextual information at the moment. So you could be looking at you could be walking down the street, and it has Google glasses on. It has face recognition, and it whispers, in, and it, and it has whispers in your ear. Uh, this is a, this is David Byrne approaching. And then it and it would it, it would it would it, it could or yes, or yes. you or you She'll could go on a date with or you, yes. or you could say or you could you, you could you could speak to it you say you know I uh, you know I want to go someplace and it will give you turn by turn directions it so gives it's you, got that like, like that fighter pilot display yes. on, on the cockpit on his it, canopy it's it all does. in your glasses who needs that it what does. is that all about and you I don't can need that. and you can and you can talk to it I actually I think wearable computers ultimately 
are going to be are, are going to be integrated into our lives. I'm sure. But I think the Google Glass is a little quirky. You're shaking your head and all yeah, that quirky stuff. I, I don't think that's the right interface. And you but, really can't see through people's clothes. That kind of no, deal. no, you, 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 you can't. You can't. Hey, you can't. David has no use for it. Excuse me. I'm just asking the questions that's that right. normal people would ask, even though right. it sounds totally ridiculous. Okay. Even though I don't care. <laughs> he winks. <laughs> he winks. And so <laughs> the and so what. <clears throat> So they're talking about having a little uh, lapel pin, oh. which which would be like a camera, right. and you could talk to it. So you wouldn't even even notice it, and and you'll get contextual information as you're walking around, or just through okay. your. We we got actually people. wearable computers. I I think we're oh, just gonna, I, we're going to get used they're, to I think it. They're here. They're 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 coming. I and mean, we we already look at this. We already use Google. You know, we, yeah. you need information. You're always looking stuff up. So eventually, you won't even carry a cell phone around. Jim's and, looking at the clock. We okay, man? We okay with yeah, the clock? We we've got some things to do. And in we'll fact, and, and in fact, I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna feature next week on Straight the show. Straight theories next day. You can. <laughs> you can. <laughs> yeah. Right. <laughs> Uh oh, I think I need to leave. Yeah, now. you better. Yeah. No, I'm, not, I, I'm not going to talk about wormholes. We're not going to talk about wormholes. No, no. When you say no, when I, you go to the wormholes, it's time to. We've leave. talked appendages I'm, I'm, and thumbs I'm cover, and seven I, thumbs. I'm going to cover software that you can you can uh, get f- for free, and you can hook your phone into your computer, and it will read all the data right out on iPhone, including all the stuff that you think you've erased. Ooh. Okay. Well, that's a good so I'm gonna I'm gonna cover that I'm gonna cover that next week. But, uh, you know, this sort of an extension of the sleep hacking. Uh, I love that. So you'll need to come back, Dave. Do yeah. I have exit music or just intro? No, music? just intro music. <laughs> okay, well I'll just say. Kind of leave it open ended. Bye bye. Bye okay. bye, David. Bye-bye. Nice seeing you. Now let's talk about cutting the cord. My journey continues. So for two weeks I've been operating without any cable box. I've been just using over the top or over the air TV. To see how I can do it and whether it's disruptive to my, you know the way I watch TV and the results are pretty good. I mean I'm gonna I'm weaning myself off the cable. I'm eventually gonna get rid of it. Get rid of the cable bill of eighty dollars. Mm-hmm. Plus I can get rid of renting the cable boxes for my three TVs, which is ten dollars a month. Wonderful. So I'll get rid of that. So I'm gonna walk through. There are different pieces of this that are really uh, really important. I'll walk through what I've done. So this is going to be an ongoing story. It's quite a long story. The first thing I wanted to do, I wanted to have over-the-air television, but I didn't want to be stringing wires all over the house. I didn't want to have to drag cable wires. I wanted to let it to go to all my televisions without actually running, you know, coax cable to each television, so splitters 1970s. and amplifiers. So I wanted to basically take the over-the-air television, put it through some sort of converter, Send it out onto my Wi-Fi network as a streaming as a video as a streaming video, and then and 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 stream it to any of the TVs that wanted it. So there were three options that I've looked at, and I've actually spent quite a bit of time with the first one, and now I'm experimenting with the other two. The first one I did was Mohu Airwave. Mohu Airwave, we featured them, um, you know, about six weeks ago, mm-hmm. and they make a device that takes an antenna input, converts it to Wi-Fi, and sends it out over the network. So I bought the Mohu Airwave. It was $149. It came with an antenna, which, as it turned out, was inadequate for my location. I just could not get enough of a signal. When I read the reviews, it looked like if I would be in the city, that antenna would be great because it's a very attractive curved antenna that sits on top of a table. You can put it out on the table. It looks quite attractive. Uh, it's uh, It fits in with the decor but you have to have a high density of uh, of uh, you know of radio of, of TV stations in the area, so I went and bought a Mohu Air 60 antenna. That's a, that's the Mohu Air 60, and that that means it's designed for a 60 mile range. I paid 126 dollars for it. So now I, I spent 149 for the airwave with the antenna that I didn't want, and I spent another 126 dollars for the Mohu Air 60. Now this is what I've learned. An antenna doesn't work well unless you really place it right. That's true. So I was doing it in the in one side of the house, and when I and I bought, I downloaded an app from my on my mobile phone, and it told me where all the stations were, and they were all, uh, you know, on the other side of the house. So I was going through my house to get to the station. So I had I had to put the antenna on the other side of the house. So I ended up taking my Mohu Air 60, went into the attic. And I, I mounted it on some of the studs up in the attic, and I pointed it 
in the using my mobile app, I pointed it in the direction of the stations. Right, and they're in here in D.C. They're roughly all in the they're same. They're all spot. in the same direction. In fact, where I live, particularly Baltimore's in the same direction. If I get mm -hmm. even a stronger antenna, I'll get Baltimore. So then I pointed it on there, and then I took the wire and I put it onto the Mohu. Uh, I put it onto the Mohu um, airwave converter, which is a, a black box, which is about which is about eight inches long, four inches wide, an inch thick. And uh, and it has all the all the technology uh, to detect the uh, uh, high uh, you know HD signal and convert it to Wi-Fi. So I took that. I had to get a plug in the attic because I have to plug this thing in. I was going to ask you if this is a passive antenna or if it's powered. No, well the antenna is passive, but the Mohu Airwave converter is powered. Okay. The box is powered. All right. So fortunately, how did you do that? Did you have to have a contract? Fortunately, come and do that? I had a light bulb up there. Oh, so I plugged in a light bulb uh, socket with, yeah, with, with sure. a little plug. Yeah, yeah. And so I'm set. So, so what do you do for lights? No, I, no, I, I kept the light. Oh, it's that's right. There are sockets. I have a, that have... I, I have a light bulb socket. They can plug a light in, and gotcha. then and you got and you got the two plugs. Okay, cool. So I, so I still have my light, and I got two plugs, one on either, either side of the socket. So I plugged my device in. Now this. This device only has one uh, tuner, so you can only look at one station at a time. Okay. So then what I then what I did I I then linked up the uh, the Mohu Airwave device to my Wi-Fi, and I'm using a 2.6 gigahertz Wi-Fi for the attic because the the 5.8 gigahertz doesn't doesn't I don't have much penetration all the way up there, and the 2.6 goes through walls much better, mm -hmm. but it's got less bandwidth. So that's an issue that I'll talk about later. So I ended up uh, got great connection to the uh, to the uh, 2.6 gigahertz antenna. Then I went down to my TV set, and it turns out that Mohu only has apps that on two different devices. They they have an app that that goes onto uh, Apple TV. So I downloaded the Mohu app on, onto my Apple TV called Apple TV 4. They also support uh, the Amazon Fire TV. So they have an app on Amazon Fire TV. They do not have an app for Roku. They do not have an app for iOS or Android. So if you don't have Fire TV or Apple TV, you can't even use this thing. So it's, so I logged on to the uh, to my Apple TV, and the first thing you do is that you scan for stations. Mm -hmm. And yeah. so it goes through a scan. It scans for the stations. I, I located 49 stations. Wow. And then, and I got ABC, NBC, CBS, Fox, Fox Plus, PBS. Plus, are all these sub channels? Right, and that's that's just in DC. You got just 49. in DC. I got forty nine channels. I mean, I've got MeTV, Ion TV. I mean, I I know I did. You know, I've got Red Bull TV. There are all these TV. I got Bloomberg TV. Mm -hmm. All these ones are. I mean, it's amazing. And so you you think when you go to cable, they give you all these channels. Actually, a lot of them are free, and they're just sub channels. Right. So now I've got 49 channels completely free. So what it does after it scans for the channels, it stores those channels in memory in the in the uh, in the airwave box. And then every time I go to open up the Mohu application, it grabs those. TV stations, it goes to Mohu and it downloads the latest directory. It populates the directory. So I have a grid directory then of all those stations. Let me ask you a question. How big is this antenna? The antenna that I'm using now yeah. is is only about uh, three feet wide, two and a half feet wide, and maybe a like foot a, tall. It's not it's not that dish big. Dish looking. No, type. it's not a dish. It, it looks like a looks oh, shaped, a, it, a it's shaped like a but, it's like a butterfly wing. Oh, okay. It looks like right. it, it sort of shaped like a like a butterfly wing. So if you lived, I guess what I'm getting at is if you, if you lived in an apartment and you wanted to use something like you, this, you could easily do that. It wouldn't look ugly. No, okay. No, it wouldn't look ugly at all. You could it, hang tinsel on it in the. Oh. It looks it looks pretty good, and so. So I got this, and it, uh, you know, and and so I've been watching TV on this. So what the thing is, so I, I started watching on one station, and then on one one TV. So then the other TV, um, I did, I only had Apple TV on one. So that the other TV, I had Amazon Fire Stick because I'm trying all of these things. I'm sure. testing everything now, and um, so I went to the Amazon Fire Stick. So then I started streaming the same station from the device to two TVs, and it worked at two point four. Wow. 2.4 gigahertz bandwidth. I was afraid that at that bandwidth I wouldn't have the bandwidth in the in the channel to do it, 
and I have to go to 5.8 gigahertz. So I think if I had four TVs, I, could, I, I couldn't stream all four of them on over Wi-Fi. Let me time. ask you this question. If you live in an apartment building and you're sharing Wi-Fi with a lot of people, is it possible this could, could be too much data to well, stream? Well, you'd, you'd, could... you'd have to go to a 5.8 gigahertz uh-huh. channel. You'd have uh-huh. to go to 5.8 gigahertz. Uh, you could not use this in, in, in your apartment. Okay. So this thing is really nice because then if, if I go to, you know, so I'm in Apple TV, I could click on one of the over the top uh, providers like Hulu or any of these other ones, and I could watch all the cable shows, and I could watch other content, or I could watch Netflix, and if I want to watch over-the-air TV, I just click on the Mohu app, and they're right there, and i got a directory. So this turns out to be something that even the other person in the household can use right. who's not really highly technical. Now, there, there's another option that I'm also exploring. Clearstream TV sells a little stick that will convert an antenna signal to Wi-Fi, and that's $99. So I went, went in and got the clear, Clearstream TV stick because the one thing I don't, don't like about the Mohu Airwave is every time I bring up a new station, it takes about eight seconds for it to start to stream. Okay. So it gives you a little symbol there, and, and you're like, like a little spinning, wait. Yeah. yeah, you're waiting, and then, and then it pops up. And when it pops up, it's just a beautiful picture. And the nice and the thing with Apple TV, there's enough RAM there that it will buffer it, so I, I get a, I get a great result. But I don't like to wait eight seconds. Uh, it's too because long. the thing is, you're, if you especially if you're going channel to channel, you want to look at it, and you know, eight it seconds, really slows it's, you it's, down. It's, it's too long. Yeah. yeah. So I'm, I got this Clearstream TV deal, and it's a Clearstream for over-the-air television, and um, it's ninety-nine dollars. And so I'm going to take that and take it upstairs, and I'll be testing it this next week. Okay. Oh, now, Clearstream TV only has one tuner. Suppose you've got three TVs in the house, and you want to watch different three different over-the-air stations. You need more tuners. So I bought the Tableau Wi-Fi DVR. I don't know if you've ever heard of Tableau. I have not, no. So Tableau Wi-Fi DVR, it, it basically it's a digital video recorder, and it has either two or four tuners, and it connects to Wi-Fi. And it's a box, which is about 10 inches by 6 inches by an inch and a half, and then you plug in an external hard drive to it. So I bought the Tableau Wi-Fi DVR. I got four tuners. You need an equipment rack in your I attic know. before I, too I much got, longer. I, got, I, I mean, I'm burnt. Listen, I hope our Tech Talk listeners are I'm spending a lot of money to, yeah. you know, to, to, you know, to, to keep our Tech Talk listeners informed. He's going to write it off. <laughs> so this is so I got the four tuner one because I I want to vault now uh, because I want to be able to stream to four different TV sets at the same time. And that supports uh, also the same Wi-Fi deal. You plug the antenna into it. But what it does, it allows you to record, you know, with the VCR. So then I also bought a 2-terabyte hard drive, Western Digital hard drive, that plugs into a USB port on this system. So then you can actually record over-the-air television with this box. you got your own DVR. Wow. So this uh, this Tableau Wi-Fi DVR got pretty good reviews. Now it's expensive though; it's two ninety nine. Wow! And then and then I paid another. But that was for four tuners. And then well, I paid another seventy dollars for the two terabyte hard drive. Will you have enough to buy Christmas presents after this, or uh, you tapped out for the year? Well, may, you know, maybe I'll just give these away. <laughs> Slightly used gifts. That's so, pretty funny. <laughs> Hold it. I hope nobody's listening who oh, might get a gift. Oh, I don't think there's a single soul listening. Now, here's the problem with the Tableau uh, Wi-Fi DVR. They charge you for the directory. If you want to get the downloaded... See, the directory's free for Clearstream and Mohu. But if you want the directory for the Tableau, it costs you $5 a month. <laughs> that is just... We're trying to get away just, from the monthly charges that here. That just... I don't like that. But you, no. Or you could pay $150 for lifetime directories. So uh, so what I'm going to be doing now is I'm going to be taking, after I've tested the Clearstream TV, uh, I'm gonna be, I'll take up the Tableau, and I'll see whether I can get uh, four, four streaming channels from the Tableau all at the same time. Now, here's the problem. I believe that if I have four channels streaming, that I won't have enough bandwidth at 5.8 gigahertz. That's probably so correct. So I need to go to, to, uh, to 2.4 gigahertz. I need to go to 5.8 gigahertz. Yeah. So what I'm going to set up for the uh, for in the uh, in the attic, I'm going to set up a power line Ethernet connection, one gigahertz Ethernet, con- and I'm going to plug this little box into the plug, another little box into the plug down by the router. 
and it will send Ethernet over the wires, and I'll have a hardwired connection to the router. All this crap is going to come through the ceiling one day. I can just <laughs> see it. That's it for this week. See you next Saturday for more Tech Talk Radio. Tech Talk Radio is sponsored by Stratford University. For more information on courses at Stratford University, call 1-800-444-0804. Thanks for listening to Tech Talk Radio Online. To be your best every day, you need proven quality sleep every night. Science proves your best sleep is vital to your mental, emotional, and physical health. And that's where the Sleep Number Bed comes in. And let me tell you, ever since I've had it, my Sleep IQ score is just going higher and higher. And did you know 8 out of 10 couples say that one of them sleeps too hot or too cold? Science tells us regulating your sleep temperature leads to higher quality sleep. For many couples, temperature struggles are a real challenge. So here are some tips to help you both sleep just right. Look for beds designed with temperature benefits such as the new Sleep Number Climate 360 Smart Bed that actively warms and cools each side so you both sleep blissfully comfortable. And now save 40% on the Sleep Number 360 Special Edition Smart Bed. Plus, special financing for a limited time. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com slash podcast one. Sleep Number the official sleep and wellness partner of the National Football League. Subject to credit approval, minimum monthly payments required. See sleepnumber.com for details.